Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Off the Dome Sports Podcast, your favorite sports podcast where two sports lovers sit and give their hot takes. Off, off the, the dome. dome. I am Redfish. And I am Mustang. And we are the Chicken Joes. The Fighting Chicken Joes, baby. Um, glad to be back. Hopefully this one doesn't crash on us like the last one did. Sure. And then, you know, missed another one after that. So it's been, a, it's been a while since we've had a successful pod here. But hopefully uh, we can get the ball rolling. Look good. Play good. Fight good. Talk good. Sound good. Who are we fighting? That's, so, that's for you to decide. Um, shout out to the boys at the No at B in the No. K-N-E-A-U-X. The only way to spell it. Uh, saw them. Out. Yeah, huge shout out. Last saw them um, last week when we went to... Uh, the Pelicans game um, against the Grizzlies, who they're playing again tonight. Game is coming on any second now. Um, back in the blender, as some would say. Um, shout out Basement Yard. Um, but it's back in the Smoothie King Center, who, you know, the naming rights just got extended, so we'll be seeing them in there for a little bit now. Um, that game is coming on. We've got it up on the second monitor, so if you see Mustang dazing off into the distance, because he's watched the Pels game. Yeah, but we'll try and keep it updated. Yeah, we um we went to that game. We were winning the entire game until two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and then it came a neck and neck race. Lose it on a John Morant floater. Heartbreaking way to lose for the Pels. Yeah. Um, and then we lost to the Rockets again, um, just a couple nights ago. So you know, on a two game skid after coming off of five straight wins, so. You know, there's always hot and cold in basketball. Pelicans are hitting the cold, but we're hoping they get a bounce back tonight. Uh, wearing the, you know, black and green city edition unis um, that made the end season tournament look beautiful. And then uh, we're looking for a win in the Smoothie King Center against the Grizzlies tonight. Yeah, um, you know, those two losses back to back, kind of tough, uh, especially because they were very winnable. I mean, we were in it right till the end. Uh, the The. Houston game was a bit closer, like, throughout the whole game, whereas, you know, we were there at the Grizzlies game. We were up by almost 20 points at halftime. And, you know, as a Pels fan, that's never a good sign. No, never a good sign. Because the third quarter is our worst enemy. Has been past four seasons. Yep, every time. Uh, But, you know, tonight's feeling a little different. I think it's a little revenge game. They're going to contain Ja a little more. He had 36 points last time they met in his first game back. Um so I think they'll they'll try and work out some kinks on that. Man up on him a little bit better. And, you know, CJ might hit the two open threes that he bricked last oh. game. Not only did he miss it for the win of the Pels, he missed it for the, the win, win of a parlay. Big parlay, too. Um, shout out to Clown Car in the chat. Flock up. Oh, yeah. Flock around to find out. How you doing, buddy? Um, yeah, hopefully the Pels can pull out a win tonight. But overall, they've been really good. Uh, I believe seven seed on the year, maybe eight seed now with two losses. Um, I can double check and stat check that. Uh, but either way, having a pretty good season. Um, I mean, we're staying fairly healthy. Uh, here and there, we're missing some games. But uh, overall, yeah, you know. It's not any, like, long-term injuries. It's yeah. miss a game here, miss a game there. But uh, We are the seven seed, half a game above the Rockets right now. Nice. Um, so and we're half a game back of the the Clippers. So you know if we pull out a win here tonight, we might even bump up to that six seed. Yeah. And you know that Rockets game again, like I said, very winnable. But one thing we couldn't do is contain Sengun. Oh yeah, shout out Reese, thirty-seven and eleven. Um, biggest Sengun hater on f- the face of the planet and for no reason. Either. Bro, bro had like fifty points and uh, or fifty 
points, rebounds, assists combined. So, um, you know, there's no winning when it comes to Rebo's takes. I'll tell you that much. True. However, uh, he does have some takes about the LSU Tigers that we want to get into. Um, before we get into the bowl game that's coming up uh, on the first of the year and, you know, hopefully everybody had a Merry Christmas looking forward to the new year. Um, before we get into that bowl game, um, two things we want to talk about. First, National Signing Day, uh, which is what Rebo Hustle had a big, uh, long yeah. thought about. Uh, he couldn't, novel. yeah, he couldn't be on the pod tonight um, because you know he likes to make things inconvenient for us. However, he did have some thoughts, so he wanted to get those out. Um, firstly, we know he's a big offensive lineman guy. We know Rebo loves the offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, so his first thought came on Cohen Eccles. Uh, 6'3", 290, interior O-lineman. Uh, big boy. He said he's a great run blocker, potential to be a day one starter now that Charles Turner's leaving. Um, he said his film you know, speaks to his versatility. He's played all five positions at Katy High School, which is one of the best high schools in Texas, which is saying a lot because Texas football yeah, Texas means a play. lot in high school. Texas don't play when it comes to high school football. Absolutely not. College uh, football, yeah, they play a little bit. Yeah, not the professional, best. they choke, yeah. so. Uh, when it, Rebo said, you know, the real reason he sold is the potential uh, to be a day one starter because every O-line camp he's been throughout his high school career, he's been the MVP of the camp. And Rebo has been to multiple O-linemen camps. He knows what it takes uh, to, you know, show out in those camps, especially, you know, he did it in Louisiana. I'm sure in Texas it's even, you know, it's a bigger camp, right. a lot more people, a yeah. lot bigger guys. Um, so for him to be that impressed, it makes me excited about it. Uh, next guy he had on the list, Deshaun McBride. Uh, he's the number three player in Louisiana, the number four safety in the country. He's coming out of Denham Springs. Um, he said he's a very stereotypical free safety, uh, very fast, plays center field, and he's never getting beat on the deep ball. Sounds perfect for what LSU needs right Definitely, now. Yeah. Um, LSU was getting we need, we need diced. That. We need that. We need secondary help, and we need tacklers. We need yeah. people who can make, like, just tackle. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you if you describe to me this guy, it sounds like, you know, Sadrine is coming back. We talked about him on the last pod um, about how he was transferring out. Turns out it was just a rumor. He's back with the team. He's not in the transfer portal. He's coming back. This guy sounds like him and Sage Ryan could make a solid combo at safety. Um, let Sage Ryan play up in the box. That Let him play. Uh, let Deshaun play back. So that should be fun. Uh, next guy, Trudez Green out of Zachary. Just a few minutes from here. Number two player in Louisiana. Number three tight end in the country. 6'6", 225, built exactly wow. how you want him. Yeah. Super fast and athletic. Uh, beautiful in the 50-50 ball. Um, and, you know, perfect red zone threat. So, got to love that as a tight end. It'll be a great balance to Mason Taylor. Mason Taylor's a good move. The sticks guy, if Trades can make it in the red zone, we can use two tight end sets uh, with losing two big wide receivers. Yeah, and then, you know, in today's college football, tight ends are becoming a huge asset to teams. Like you used to seeing, you know, either a run-heavy offense or if it's a pass-heavy offense, they're just throwing <clears throat> bombs down the field. But now with these tight ends, they're getting more and more athletic. They're getting bigger. They're getting stronger. They're able to run these quick five, ten-yard outs or ends and, you know, move the ball down the field a little slower but with more consistency. And not only do we see it in college, we see it in the NFL. We see these young guys coming out of college and going to the NFL and being immediately successful, like Kincaid, like Shoemaker, Ferguson. Yeah, all these guys immediately impacting a team. Yeah, I mean, um, I think a great tight end's underrated because you look at the teams who have great tight ends, and typically they're the teams that are making it far in the playoffs. 
Like, I'm not saying it's a direct correlation, but you look at the Eagles last year, had Dallas Goddard, who's a top 10 tight end in the league. You have Travis Kelsey, who's number one in the league. Um, you know, he's not having the best season of his career, but he's still a very, very good player. That's because um, he's being hindered by a blonde. No comment. Um, you look at, you know, the Vikings who have made a playoff run last year. They're playing way better than they should this year. Unfortunately, their tight end, TJ Hawkinson, who was the best tight end this season, tore his ACL. So he's out for the year, which I'm going to talk about at the last segment of the show. Um, but, you know, you look at the teams that make deep runs, you look at the teams that are really good, and they usually have a tight end that's a playmaker. Uh, so to have Tredez Green, who's, you know, not only the number two player in Louisiana, but number three tight end in the entire country to wear purple and gold means a lot. Um, fourth player that Reese wanted to talk about, and we have one more after this, number one kicker in the country, Aaron Burrell, is going to join in the purple and gold. Hello. Um, we have Damian Ramos, but, you know, LSU has low-key been a really good school for kickers recently. Yeah. Uh, guys like Cade York, um, Damian Tracy. Ramos, Cole Tracy, like these are really good kickers who are going to make an impact in the league and have made an impact in the league. Um, and Aaron Burrell looks to be the next one. He said... Uh, he hit two 50-plus yarders in the same game for Parkway, um, which is in Bossier City, Louisiana. He's he's not a 100% sure if the number one kicker in the country ever pans out to be the number one kicker because nobody really tracks kickers right, like that. Yeah. Um, but we do know that a lot of kickers in the NFL, you can look back and they have a lot of different routes to getting there. Um, so we'll see if the next one comes through Purple and Gold LSU. And then last guy we have to talk about, Colin Hurley. Freshman quarterback. Um, he reclassified. He was supposed to be next year. Reclassified to this year because he wanted to be a part of this class. Um, he's been committed since last November, so he's been committed for a very long time. Never afraid. Just played in the All-American uh, Army game. Um, offensive coordinator, you know, talked raving reviews about him. He's only 17 years old, and he's classifying for college. Uh, you know, he the coordinator even said, like, Hurley's so mature for his age, he understands the game of bas- uh, football. I said basketball because I'm watching the Bells game. <laughs> uh, he understands the game of football so well that he was, you know, asking about concepts and asking, hey, can receivers run certain routes during the game? Um, so being able to look at a defense and adjust while in high school, that's going to be a great yeah. thing to come into a college locker room, especially one like LSU, and be able to use that skill. Um, yeah, so I think that's that, really but, important. Yeah, not only that, like the ability to – read the defense but when, when you're you, you know young like this you're trying to soak up as much information as possible and um i know from experience that when you're somewhere where you're not completely comfortable asking some questions can seem like you know a daunting test yeah like you don't want to ask a question seem out of place or anything yeah. so him you know asking questions like this during a game says a lot to me about his maturity his willingness to learn and his want to succeed yeah um so he's coming in to join a QB room that already has Ricky Collins, uh, transfer from Vanderbilt, A.J. Swan, and then Garrett Nussmeyer. Um, so we'll see where those four rank. We'll see how uh, playing time goes. We'll see who gets the start. We'll see, you know, maybe two years from now, Colin Hurley can step up, be that guy. He's six foot two fifteen and can run the ball like a wide receiver. So um, we'll definitely see what happens in the QB room. Rebo is very excited about this National Signing Day. Um, I like a lot of the prospects, too. Um, the last thing he said that I think is the most important part to talk about is Brian Kelly's ability to recruit Louisiana. Um, that was the biggest question coming in when BK became the coach of LSU is, can he keep the Southern boys Southern? Because he's always been in the North. Um, he's all, he's used to recruiting out of state. Um, 
you know, it's never been like a let's create this factory where kids from home stay home. Um, but he's been able to do that with this class. You know, he's he's got a strong Louisiana cr- class. The program is built through the state, and not only that, but it's really good people from our state. It's not like we're missing out on the good guys from Louisiana who are going out of state, and then we're just picking up the scraps. Um, we're getting those high-ranked national players mm-hmm. to stay home, which I think is really important. And then the last stat Rebo wanted to talk about before we move on to the bowl game and uh, another move LSU has made is um, the average recruit to campus last season was 451 miles away from home. This year, it's 191. Wow. Um, so, you know, 250 less miles, um, which speaks to, you know, keeping the homeboys home uh, and being able to create that culture of, um, you know, the Bayou Bengals. They're staying home. They're staying where they, they grew up. They've probably been LSU fans their entire life. Brandon Ingram just had the biggest block I've ever seen by Brandon Ingram. On um, Ja Morant. On Ja. So, good times. Um, moving on to the next piece about the LSU Tigers. Mike Denbrock, um, offensive coordinator, was a finalist for the Jim Broyles Award, which is the uh, assi- best assistant coach in the nation. Um, goes home to Indiana. Goes to South Bend, Notre Dame. Um, he was there with Brian Kelly. Uh, then became the OC at Cincinnati, joined LSU staff for two years, and now he's going back uh, to Notre Dame. So um, not something a lot of people are happy about. I know myself, not too, too happy about it. We had one of the best offenses in the nation, the best offense in the SEC this year, and the guy who was behind it all uh, is no longer here. What's your thoughts about... Both the guys were behind it all. What's your thoughts about Denbrock uh, heading out? Uh, you know, from a from a fan's perspective, of course it hurts. Like seeing, you know, someone that w- made you so successful uh, have to part ways. It's never, you know, a good feeling. But on a personal level, I get it. Yeah. Like he just performed phenomenally for this team. Um, want to thank him personally. I, I know he's absolutely watching this right oh, now. Of course. Um, so, yes, thank you for the past two seasons even though the first one was a little rocky um this one could have been so much better if we had a defense yeah um if you would have told me three weeks ago that one of our coordinators would be gone before the goal bowl game i definitely yeah. would not have said denbrock i'll <laughs> yeah. tell you that much we, we um, got we got rid of the wrong one madhouse is still here uh, but denbrock's gone got more money from notre dame got closer to home yeah. and um, I, I you know I, I kind of expected it i kind of saw it coming with how he's performed this season and last season that somebody was going to offer him a lot of money and whether that be still in college football or moving up a level I knew he was going to succeed yeah um I mean I, I could have seen him taking a head coach job but you know he took the OC job gets a little bit more money goes to Notre Dame um and you know we're having a lot of turnover at LSU so you you can't say that necessarily um his system was perfect for the new guys coming up so you know we we'll never know what his system would have looked like with next year's personnel, but um, it's now our responsibility to find somebody new. My thoughts are Brian Kelly and Scott Woodward already have somebody in mind. I don't know who that somebody might be. Uh, just watched an absolute brick from Jaron Jackson Jr. Airball three, um, um, but you know the Pelicans are currently zero for four from three right now. Yeah, can't have it. Down ten six early in the first quarter. Um. So my thoughts on the coordinator position, although it sucks Denbrock's leaving, I think our system was going to change anyway. Nussmeyer's very different than Jaden Daniels. We're going to have different wide receivers. 
running backs are going to be different. Offensive line is going to be losing a couple pieces. So everything's going to look different anyway. Um, so why not bring in a guy you think is going to fit your personnel? Um, there hasn't been much talk about who that guy might be. I know that they announced that Joe Sloan, our quarterback's coach, Cortez Hankton, our wide receiver's coach, they're going to be our co-OCs for the bowl game coming up against Wisconsin. We'll see how that goes. Um, naturally, it looks like Joe Sloan might be a candidate to step up from QB coach straight to OC. Um, we'll yet, we have yet to see if that happens. Um, however, the, there's a couple guys I would like to see come over. I know Kirby Moore from Mizzou. Um, Mizzou had a great offense this year. And their offense this year reminds me of what LSU's offense could look like next year. Uh, Brady Cook and Nussmeyer, um, we could have a, you know, although they had Cody Schrader, which was one of the best running backs in the country, um, you know, LSU definitely has some good running backs too. Logan Diggs, uh, Josh Williams, Caleb Jackson, um, bringing in Kadem Durham, uh, who's another recruit who will be a true freshman. So, LSU's got some some really good backs in the backfield, and then we've we've got some wide receivers changing. But I, I think if you bring in a guy who's proven to work at a smaller school and you bring him into a bigger school, um, we can see what he's working with. So I don't know who the coordinator is going to be, but hopefully it's somebody that fits our fits our culture, fits what BK is trying to do, um, and we can we can win some football games. Yeah, um, you know, like you said, I have no idea who it could be. I haven't even you know touched on looking at prospects or anything for it. Um, but I do think it'll, you know, we'll kind of have to restart, rebuild this dynasty back up over the next few years. So it might not be pretty, but I do think we'll have a pretty nice end result within yeah, two my, three uh, years. One of my favorite follows on on X, or the artist formerly known as Twitter, is um, Sherman Wilson. Uh, a guy that Jaden Daniels pointed out in his Heisman speech, uh, a guy who's very important to LSU and to a lot of the players on the team. Um, he said, we're LSU. We don't rebuild. We retool. You give us one year and we're back in it. And I believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're bringing in a big, strong uh, freshman class. We're top 10 in the nation in recruiting. Um, you have Nussmeyer, who's been sitting on the bench for quite a few years, gotten some experience under his belt. You've got a lot of guys uh, on defense coming back, so we'll see how that goes. Um, talking about the bowl game specifically, January 1st, Wisconsin. Uh, spread is at 10 right now in favor of LSU. Jaden Daniels is the only player not playing, so we'll have Malik Neighbors, we'll have Brian Thomas, we'll have all our backs. Uh, O-line, defense, as bad as they are, they'll be there. Um, but we're taking on a Big Ten school who is quite the opposite of us. Um, <laughs> yep. Rather than being an electrifying offense with a defense that can't stop, they're more of a defense who's going to take it to you and an offense who just plays on opportunity. So we'll see who has more opportunity in this game. Um, of course, I like the Tigers. Yeah, many people do. Um, that's why the I spread's mean, at 10. We saw what happened last year in you bring similar a, matchup. Yeah, you bring a Big Ten school and you let them play LSU and they lose by 56 points. <laughs> yeah. uh, so... I don't know if we'll necessarily beat Wisconsin by 56, considering the over-under is set at, like, 52. But um, I I, I definitely like the Tigers in this one. Uh, Wisconsin was kind of one of those middling Big Ten teams. Didn't make it to the Big Ten championship with their first year with uh, Luke Fickle out of Cincinnati. I think their defense is going to be strong. Um, 
maybe stop LSU a couple times with Nuss. But once he gets comfortable, I like us to win the game. Score prediction, give me 38 to 23. 38 23. Beating the uh, over under. Yeah. I like LSU to score some points. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm right there with you. I think, um, you know, I do think they have a pretty solid defense. I don't think it can consistently contain the Tigers. I, I just think, especially with um, Malik and BT. BT Cruiser? What? <laughs> uh, especially with those two playing. I mean, it, it, it seems like it really doesn't ha- matter who you have at quarterback when you have those two. Yep. They're going to get open. They're going to go for 150 off of four catches. Neighbors each. only needs 21 to break the record for most all-time receiving yards as an LSU Tiger. So uh, we're looking forward to that one getting broken. Yeah. Yeah, he should have got it against A&M, but <sighs> Kyron Lacey. Shout out Kyron. He'll be back. He'll he be the number one receiver next year. And it's you know it's not terrible. We saw plenty of good flashes from him this year. I, I would say more good than bad. He he definitely improved in some points. Um, the like I said on the last pod that you know I don't even think it got uploaded because of how corrupted the file was. But um, I said on the last pod he reminds me of Quentin Johnston from last year. Big body, got the speed, will win a fifty fifty ball. But the question is, what is his route tree? And does he have the hands to consistently make catches? Um, and Kyron Lacey has shown an inability to, you know, make cuts. He's kind of just a comeback, curl, in route kind of guy. Um, and then he's had definitely had some problems with some drops. So that'll be an interesting look uh, for our wide receiver um, into the 23-24 season. Yeah. Uh, I am looking for improvement out of him over this, this offseason. And I think we'll see it. But anyway, back to matter at hand. Um, Yeah, like I said, I trust LSU's offense to beat the defense. Uh, It's not so much as I trust our defense. It's the fact that I think, you know, an an SEC defense going against the Big Ten offense is not the greatest look for Wisconsin. Right. Uh, I think we'll be able to get after the quarterback and not have to worry so much about our coverage in the secondary. Um, I'm predicting a lot of pressure out of these guys. Uh, final score prediction, I'll go LSU 41, Wisconsin Badgers 17. Talk about points. That's what I like to hear. 41. If Nussmeyer can get us a score of 41, I feel really good about next season. I mean, it's not so much him. but <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, your quarterback has to be proficient yeah. to be able to score that many points. Um, so I'd be happy. Either that him. or your receivers have to be wide open. Either that or you're the Raiders who so you scored 63 on the Chargers off five turnovers. Yeah, I mean, or you just like throw it to Leonard Fournette in college. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so that's that's what we're looking at with the Tigers. Um, we'll talk about a team who I really just don't want to talk about anymore, um, even though we have to, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Um, played Thursday night football for the national audience to see. About what I expected. Um, sucked until eight minutes left in the game when we make a comeback. That's kind of just been the Saints thing. It's just be bad all game and then try to look good at the yeah. end. And Oh, we actually got to play now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's sad, but I, I just don't have the love for the team that I do anymore. Like, I, you know, four or five years ago when we were making first, second round of playoffs every season, 
just, you know, with our eyes closed, you could look around the city of New Orleans and everybody's wearing Saints stuff. Everybody's talking about the Saints. Everybody's ready for us to go win another Super Bowl. Of course, we were upset when that never worked out, but at least we had a passion for the team to win. Yeah. Now, people, honestly, people are praying for us to lose. Yeah. Um, and that's not something you want out of a hometown team that means so much to a city and to a state. Um, and I'm one of those people. I mean, I'd rather us just lose the last two at this point than fight for, you know, the division. And, you know, if we beat the Bucks and then we beat the Falcons the last week, we win the division. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to play the cl- the Cowboys. And they're going to beat us by 30. Like, that, what do we gain from that? We don't gain anything. Yeah. We gain nothing from watching Derek Carr in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough scenario. Like, of course, you always want your team to make the playoffs. But, you know, there are certain circumstances, you know, like these, where it would probably be better for us to, you know, get a better draft pick, worry more about the future than now because – um, like you said, if we make the playoffs, we'll be playing either the Cowboys or the Eagles first round. If we sneak into the wild card, um, you know, if we're lucky and we manage to win out and get the first seed, then it's kind of a toss up. We'd be playing. If we're the number four seed, playing we're playing seed. the Cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys are number five seed, ba- basically. Or you know, still got one week left. Cowboys and Eagles could flip. Yeah, I mean. The only the only thing with that is the Eagles do play the Commanders and then the Giants again, so it's really easy for them. Um, so that's the only with thought. The commanders. I mean, we'll see. Um, but but yeah, we'll play the second place NFC East team basically, and either one of them is going to beat us by at least twenty. Now, you know, I, I do think we have more of a chance against the Cowboys because, um, you know, while they do have a very talented team, they've struggled a lot recently. Like they've yeah, they've gotten they the wins, but it hasn't been pretty. Yeah, and, and I we mean, watched, like we watched them and the Dolphins play. Both of those teams this season have been known for, you know, absolutely dominating the teams on the lesser end, but struggling with you know the middle road teams. Yep. Um, and watching them face off was was kind of funny because it looked like neither team knew what to do. Yeah. But all in all, Cowboys lost. So I am a little more confident going against the Cowboys than the Eagles. I think the Eagles more well rounded. Cowboys kind of rely on their defense. Their offense has been a little shaky. It's either, you know, one or two play touchdown or a long drive that ends in a turnover. Yeah. I mean, both. I think there's very few teams in the NFL who have shown that they can win consistently week to week, and neither one of those teams are it. However, they're both better than the Saints. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no doubt. And I, I hate to be so negative about my own team, but it's it's just it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I would like for us to just lose and get a better draft pick. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that Dennis Allen's job is safe, which hurts my soul. Um, I don't know how you can, you know, just say, oh, we're going to clean this up and we've got to be better. And you say it over and over and over again. And you've got like a 35% winning percentage as a head coach in your time as a time in the NFL. And, Yet you're still your job is safe after completely underperforming for two seasons. Like I don't get it, but whatever happens happens. Um, hopefully, they can do something to spark my interest back in this team. But until then, I'll just kind of be mundane like this uh, about the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. I mean, if you know, if we do manage to win out, make the playoffs, or even sneak into the wild card in the playoffs, I'm gonna back them 100. percent Oh yeah, I'm, if we make the I'm playoffs, I'm not gonna cheer them. for us to lose. But right now, I kind of want us to lose to get a better draft pick. (laughs) I mean, 
Get a better draft pick. Think about your future. Think about drafting Jaden Daniels. Yeah, you can think about it. You can think about. Well, I mean, five would look good. JD five and black and gold, beautiful look. I mean, would bring an electric offense. Yeah. To the Superdome. Oh yeah. Tot- oh my. He could run the ball. No, I think that I mean, um, you know I've been looking at a few mock drafts, you know, just regarding to where people think Jaden Daniels is going to land. Um, back before you know he won the Heisman, it was kind of like middle middle first round. A lot of them had to go, go into the Raiders, which I did not like. Um, there's there's few teams that I think Jaden Daniels wouldn't fit. The Raiders are one of them. Yeah, the Patriots are one of them. Yep. Just don't see him succeeding as much as he could as if he's in one of those offenses rather than like more versatile I, West Coast offense. I look at the Minnesota Vikings and I every time I look at them I'm like if they had Jaden Daniels at quarterback, if Absolutely. they can get Jaden Daniels at quarterback, that would be insane. Yeah, I mean, because you look at him, a lot of people are comparing him to Lamar. It might be a long shot, yeah. But I think he's better than Lamar. <sighs> I think he runs just as well as Lamar, maybe a little bit worse. But I think he throws and reads a defense a whole lot better than Lamar. Yeah, um, I don't think he has the long speed that Lamar does. Um, but I think he, you know, he's a little bit. You know, Lamar's thing has always been he's he's skinny. You know, he's he doesn't have much meat on bones. That's Jaden Daniels' thing too. People say that about Jaden Daniels, um, but they're both very quick. Both able to elude the pocket um, and at least pick up a first down, if not more. Jaden Daniels um, has done that so many times this past season. Um, I would love his fit in the Superdome, but I think once we get closer to the draft season, we'll see You know where our team's picking, where people are projected to go, um, and then we'll find out where J.D. Fine finds his forever home, or at least his first NFL team. For four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything else you want to say about the Saints before we uh, move into the uh, the betting segment? Uh, you know, if if you're going to win, win. If you're going to lose, lose. That beautiful way to say it. <laughs> uh, so let's we're going to talk about our bets, and uh, this will lead us into something we wanted to talk about anyway. Um, and that is the college football playoff. Ooh. So um, we decided both to do a college football playoff parlay. As the parlay for this week, um, the NFL games just didn't look as spicy as I wanted them to. Um, you went full college football playoffs. I went uh, January 1st in general because I went to two college football playoff games plus an extra. Um, so let's let give your parlay. We'll talk about the games, and then I'll give my parlay. Okay. So, you know, a while back, I missed, uh, missed the episode. It was you, Rebo, I believe Clown, Clown Car. Car was there as Clown well. Car. Yeah. And um, that was in the comments, but I feel like I didn't get to voice my opinion strong enough being in the comments. Um, so I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to talk about you know all the controversy that had been around uh, Florida State not making it into the playoffs. And how I do think that you know they were one of the most deserving teams to make the playoffs. I think that they made the right call, and that's because you know they've always stuck to it's not the four most deserving teams. It's the four best teams. And I think they got it right with these four teams. I think these are the four best teams. Um, but Florida State has a chance to prove them wrong, you know, going to play Georgia. Both the teams that, you know, kind of had a case to make 
the top four teams. You know, I think it'll be a good game. I do think Georgia will still beat them, though. Yeah, uh, Georgia's favored by 17 right now. So um, <laughs> It's hard to do without a starting quarterback, man. I know that was yeah. a big part of it. And I know people are saying you shouldn't, you know, lose your spot just because your quarterback got hurt. But he was a big part of that team. He definitely was helping them be one of the top four teams in the nation. Yeah, absolutely. But moving forward, um, you know, first game at 4 o'clock, you got Bama versus Michigan. There was one thing I saw when they were announcing the fourth team. They had a camera on Michigan's football team in their weight room while they're announcing it, and as soon as they said Bama, the room fell silent. They didn't cheer. They didn't clap. They were heartbroken when they saw they had to play Bama. For a reason. Bama has looked outstanding. You know, it it really hurts me to talk good about Bama. But when they play this well, it's, you know, you can't ignore it. Um... So I, I like Bama to beat Michigan. I took their spread plus 1.5. I think they'll win, win the game outright. And I took the over on that game, which is at 44.5. I know Michigan's you know whole thing is defense. They have a really good defense. And in their uh, conference championship, they held a shutout against Iowa. But it's the SEC we're talking about. It just means more. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, going on to the next game, Texas at Washington. This is going to be an exciting game. It is. It's going to be a really fun game. Um, it's and it's even it's taking place in New Orleans. It is. Party capital of the world. <laughs> thought that was Garyville. Close enough. They <laughs> we give it to them to them sometimes. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, Texas at Washington in New Orleans, gonna be a good game. I think both offenses are gonna explode. But the thing that I think is gonna separate these two teams is Texas's defense. Uh, I think that you know, while their secondary might struggle a little bit against this Pac-12 spread offense, their defensive front is going to put some pressure on the quarterback, going to get in the backfield, shake some plays up. So I have Texas minus four and a half. I could see them winning by like ten points maybe, wow. seven, ten points around wow. there. Um, and I also took the over on that game at 62 and a half. That's so some points. Almost a 20-point differential from these two games. But if you look at TCU versus Michigan last year, that game hit like, what, 120-something? Because they had it was like sixty three to sixty one or something. Yeah. Um. So you know points can be scored in these in these playoff games. Yeah. Um. Those uh those combine put them into a parlay or bet them separate if you want, but they combine into plus eleven oh four. Your parlay's uh, much higher odds than mine. I'll put it that way. Um. So firstly, talking about the Texas Washington game, uh, indoor game. So you know the offenses are having the advantage there. No weather. Um. Washington, you know, their offensive line did win the Joe Moore Award for best offensive line in the country. Um, So, like you talked about with that Texas defensive front, Texas has a great defensive front. Washington has a great O-line. I think this game is one in the trenches. Yeah, it's going to be close down there. I think think if Michael Penix 
can stay in the pocket and deliver the passes to, you know, Roma Dunze and um, you know, I forget the running back's name, but he's a great pass catcher as well. Um, if, if Michael Penix can stay in the pocket, deliver the passes, I think Washington has a good shot to win this game. But I don't know if I trust Washington's defense to be able to slow down Texas' offense enough. Uh, yeah. Washington, Washington's defense reminded me somewhat of, like, the 2019 LSU defense and the way that they're very bend and don't break. Um, they're not like this year's LSU's defense where they're literally going to break. They are going to let up <laughs> there 45. There will be no bend. Yeah, there's like no bending. Pencil. Yes. Um, 55 points to Ole Miss. Uh, but Washington's defense is always, you know, going to allow, it feels like, 28 to 38 points. Um, and I feel that, you know, the offenses to me are a wash. So this game is one in the trenches, offensive line versus defensive line on both sides. And I trust Texas more than I trust Washington on the defense. Um, so I'm going to take Texas to win the game as well. I'm not sh- too sure about the spread. It felt really good at four and a half. Um, I could see this being like a 34 to 38 type matchup. Um, something along those lines. So I didn't want to necessarily pick the spread. So I just picked Texas Moneyline because I do think they'll win the game. Uh, and then talking about the other game, um, you know, we both thought Texas would win. This is the one where we differ. Uh, I had Michigan to win this matchup against Alabama. Um, for a big reason, like you said, Michigan's defense is what they've been living on all year. It picks a shutout against Iowa, although Iowa's not a good offense. Still pitching a shutout's enough. I mean, all they have to do is get to the 30-yard line to kick a field goal. And they kept them from even getting that. So... I like Michigan's defense a lot. Michigan has been full of controversy this season. Um, you know, with the sign-stealing scandal, and uh, now just a couple days ago they had something else come out about some recruiting allegations where they're getting investigated. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is up for a huge contract extension, but apparently he's not signing it because they told him he can't go to the NFL um, after this season. So um, there's a lot going on with Michigan. Uh, thanks, uh, Rayel. I got um, one, too. Yep, Chicken Joe. We're the Chicken Joes. Um, shout out to uh, shout out to Redfish's sister for the shirt. Um, bluefish, bluefish, <laughs> bluefish. Shout out bluefish. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I really like I like Michigan to win this game, man. Um, I think Alabama's offense is just too inconsistent for me. Um, I, I I don't trust their offense to score how much they need to against a really really good Michigan defense. Uh, we've seen Alabama, you know, score 27 against Georgia, score 27 against Auburn. Um, my question is, does Michigan score 27? If Michigan scores 27, then they'll win the game because I think this is the best defense Alabama has played all season. Yeah. Um, you know, I could see it. I, I do think it'll be a close game. But, you know, kind of similar to the, the Texas-Washington, like you said, it, I think – Bama's defense versus Michigan defense, pretty much a wash. I think they're both very good defenses. Mm-hmm. It'll be a very defensive game. And that being said, I trust Alabama's offense a lot more than I trust Michigan's. And offense. I completely get that point. Like I, I, I trust Jalen Milrow four thousand times more than I trust JJ McCarthy, <laughs> and I don't trust Jalen Milrow at all. So if that's telling you anything, um, but you know, I think, I think the pass rush for Bama is great. Um, yeah. Now, granted, I do think it'll be a different look for Bama because of this defensive matchup. I don't think they've seen a defense quite like this yet. Yeah. So it could shake things up. I mean, both teams didn't look great towards the end of the season. I mean, Bama looked really good against Georgia, but just the game before when they played Auburn, yeah. they should have lost that game. My my final reason for picking Michigan 
um, is because of the tests that they faced. Alabama has played LSU, and they've played Georgia. That's the only two good teams that they've and played. And Ole Miss. Ole Miss. They played Ole Miss as well. You're right. Um, however, Michigan played Ohio State. They played Penn State. They played Iowa. They played one other team I can't name at the moment, but it was another like highly ranked top 15 team. So Michigan has played really has played good teams, and they've beaten them. Um, I, I think I think I'm gonna go with Michigan here. I'm gonna take Michigan spread at minus two. You know, and you know it's good. It, it's gonna be parody. a close game. Yeah. Gotta have parity because if we just agree on everything, then there's no point. Right. Um, I could see either team winning the matchup. I really do. But I think with everything that Michigan's been through off the field, I think this is their time to prove that they belong on the field. Um, especially you know having two straight. Heartbreak losses in the college football playoff, never being able to win one. Um, I think this is where they make the championship, and uh, I think we're going to have a Michigan-Texas natty. You think we have a Texas-Bama, um, and then we'll talk about what that could look like depending on what the matchup is uh, on next week's episode. That would be such a good rematch, Texas-Bama rematch. Texas-Bama would be a great rematch. So I think Texas. any matchup we get is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I think no matter what, it's going to be, you know, Solid defenses. I mean, Washington's got the worst defense, but they've probably got the best offense um, of all four teams. Yeah. So I think the worst matchup we could see would be Michigan-Washington just because of how mismatched they are. Yeah, and uh, that would be an interesting matchup, but we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Um, I'm excited. Uh, so I got Texas money line, Michigan spread, and then I threw in LSU minus 10 on that spread as well. Um, I went January 1st parlay, three games that are on – Jan 1, 1 at 11, 1 at 4, 1 at 7.45. So, um, you know, just watch three straight games and see if mm-hmm. I can hit all three in a row. Uh, so, LSU minus 10, Michigan minus 2, Texas money line. Combine those three for plus 4.56. Not bad, but not nearly as plus as 1,100 or whatever <laughs> you had. Um, so, that is what we had for the bets. We'll see how that works out on next week's episode. Uh, that'll be on uh, Tuesday, January 2nd. Um, I will not be here because I will be on a beautiful vacation in the Smoky Mountains. Oh, so we'll see uh, January 1st. Oh. So I will not be watching these games. Um, so we'll see I, how know, that just, goes. I just came back from the Smoky Mountains a few months ago. Great time. So we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully you guys can uh, steer the ship um, in an efficient manner without the red fish. Yeah. I mean... I feel like we did it pretty good for a solid three months. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't here for a long time, so we'll see. Um, but last thing we got to talk about is some uh, fantasy football, as we do Fantasy oh, Five. Yes, indeed. Um, we're talking about fantasy football for five or more or less minutes. We'll see where this one goes. Um, first, we got to talk about Big Money League, League of Record here. Um, one of us made it to the playoffs. One of us beat Danny this week. There you go. Um, <laughs> in the consolation bracket. One of us lost by 40 in the playoffs this week. The other team was the last team in the league based on record. Um, but you had a lot of injuries. A lot. <laughs> so can't blame it. Can't blame it on your drafting necessarily. I think only a two out of my first five picks remained healthy. That's so sad, dude. Um, and then one of them you had to trade away for another guy who got hurt. Um, so, you know, I, um, I'm very happy with the way the Rhythm and Blues turned out this year. We didn't win it all, but we did make it to the final four, which was our best finish since joining the league. It was only our third season. 
third season in the league, and we ended up, uh, you know, finishing top four. It's a, a pretty similar, you know, path that I took when I first joined the league. First, my first season, just missed the playoffs. That's what happened to us. And then my next three, I made the playoffs. You know, either like a four or a five seed. And um, I believe first year I made the playoffs, I lost by like 50 mm-hmm. in the first round. And within the next two, I made it to the semis and then lost. So, we yeah, we lost in the semis. Um, but very proud of what we did. We had a really good team. We just we actually just got riddled with injuries the last two weeks. Josh Jacobs being out really killed our team. Um, and then, you know, we had some inconsistent play from some guys we thought would be very consistent, like Sam Laporta. Yeah, uh, Jalen Waddle. He dropped pretty um, hard. So, you know, still happy with what we did. I think we did really well on draft day and then made a really good trade during the season that propelled us into the playoffs. Without that trade, I don't think we make the playoffs. Um, Keenan Allen fell off. George Kittle didn't have a couple great games, but Jalen Waddle had a you know season high, and Rashad White was the best running back in fantasy over the past three weeks yeah. oh, outside of Christian McCaffrey. By the way, Jalen Waddle uh, set a record. Last week, I don't know if you saw. I did not. He's the first Dolphins player ever. Dolphins been here a long time. First Dolphins player ever to have more than a thousand yards in three straight seasons. Nice, good for him. Um, but he is also probably out for the next two weeks with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, so, at least at least one week. Yeah. So you know that as far as fantasy goes, there lost out of that league. I had another league. I was the number one seed in. Uh, lost by sixty. <laughs> because I played against Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper. Oh, no. <laughs> um, they combined for 89 points. So that is not good, necessarily. No. Um, so lost out, in, even though it was the first seed in that one. Um, but in our second league of record, the other one we talk about, our Dynasty League. Um, did you win? I did. Interesting. Yeah. So what it sounds like to me is we have a... In-house finals. Mouse cookies... Versus Gordita Lettuce <laughs> Championship the games in the league. Yeah, two best names, two best teams. Um, so so it's an all OTD championship. Yeah, and next week. You know, it's I haven't really scouted your team yet, but it's from my standpoint, it's looking good for you because <laughs> Pittman is probably not going to play. I like the way that sounds. Jamar Chase is probably not going to play. <laughs> my two starting receivers. Um, there was there was some more that I was missing. Um. So I, I mean I don't know who's on your team. Uh, Let me go look. Looks quick. like Jordan Addison. Oh yeah, uh, he's got not hurt. Playing, you know, uh, my three starting Michael Pittman, my Jamar two starting Chase, receivers yeah. in my flex probably not playing. Um, um, Jamar is definitely not, but they said Pittman, you know, has a chance. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at my team, um, I'm pretty darn healthy other than Hawkinson going out this week. Must um, be nice. I'll have Cole Komet going into my starting lineup there. Um, but, you know, as far as my receivers slash flex go, I have four uh, receivers that are in the top 12, three in the top five uh, with Amon Ra, CeeDee Lamb, and A.J. Brown. So they're kind of been carrying my team. Uh, my running backs are very, very mid, but I also have Jalen Hurts, who although he sucks on the actual football field this year, <laughs> he's been points, really good yeah. in fantasy. Um, so I feel good. I feel very confident that I might win this championship, which <laughs> – not to brag, but it's also a dynasty league where I get to keep all these guys for next season. Um, and if you look at my team, it's really young. Yeah, same um, here. Like my oldest, my oldest player that contributes for me is AJ Brown, and he's like twenty six. So, I think my oldest player might be uh, Najee Harris. 
Yeah. So I mean, we we've got young teams. We might see we might see a dynasty come <laughs> out of this household. Um. So that'll be a fun matchup. If if I win one league this season, that feels good enough for me. Um. Yeah, so. And then we also, um, were in one other league together, uh, that I ended up beating you in this this past round. Um, yeah, I believe Mark Cooper was on my bench. Yeah. No, I think he was playing for you. you, just, oh, you just, yeah. We, it was a two-week round. It was. So it was. I ended up beating you in the first week, which Correct. propelled me into the championship in that league um, where I'll be taking on one of our high school friends, Dewey. Um, so we'll see how that goes. If I can win two leagues, boy, oh, boy, Good great luck. season out of the boy. You know, we maybe could, we could both win one. Maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, so we'll let you know how that goes next week. Um, after Monday night's game, we will know whether it is Mustang or Redfish that takes home a championship in the R.I.P. Nut Dynasty League. Um, so, that's about all we got. Yep, uh, one last update on the Pels. Uh, if you took the under, congratulations, it's looking great. The uh, six minutes left in the second quarter till halftime, and there's only been 64 points scored. And it was at 228, so... Um, Byron knows about that 228. Um, a, the under looks like killer. it's going to hit right here. Yeah, but, uh, you know, 550 left in the second. Pell's up 33-31. Both teams looking bad. Yeah, both teams just can't make shots. Like, simply cannot shoot. Um, Pell's, I believe, are now two for nine from three. Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, we want to thank everybody for watching, whether you're watching live here on YouTube or Twitch, uh, going back and watching it on YouTube through videos or the live feature. Um, always listen on Spotify, Off the Dome Sports Podcast. Rate it, follow it, five stars. Um, share it with everybody you know. Um, we're doing this for fun. We're not doing this for, you know, trying to become famous and make a bunch of money. We're doing this because we do it out of the love of our own hearts for our own teams and for, uh, you know, just ball. We love ball. We love ball. We know ball. We know ball. Unlike some people. Uh, yeah. Unlike Shout some out Rebo Hustle. I think walked in not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, but thank everybody for watching. Follow us on Twitter. Um, off the underscore dome pod follow at be in the know k-n-e-a-u-x the only way to spell it follow everything that's going on at the network want to thank everybody for watching and listening on spotify and youtube um we'll be back next tuesday january 2nd 7 p.m make sure to tune in then you won't i will not i'm redfish i'm mustang and we will see you next time